Hello everyone. Today I want to speak on where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? The question that was given to the Jewish rabbi by this particular reporter was, why do Jews like to answer questions with questions? The rabbi paused for a moment, stroking his beard and answered back, why not? <laughs> Today I want us to ask the question that is coming up again and answer with questions. And no, I do not mean to be rude, nor am I Jewish. I pray that you will be encouraged, you will be strengthened through the season that we are going through as we look into the Word of God together. We are living in unprecedented times. There is a lot that we are witnessing being taken away from us every day. The way we used to work has changed or is being taken away. The way we used to shop or do business has been taken away. And there are a lot of questions rising up and saying, how are people going to manage in life? The way we greet has been taken away. Now we have to be, think carefully before we want to show or to, to, to show affection with our loved ones. Hugs are something that you have to think twice about, even the elbow shake that has been said. And so people have to clasp their hands together and, uh, and all these kind of feet have been used or gestures of different kinds have been used just to greet. That has been taken away. The way we showed compassion on the sick has been taken away. I have heard of... Um, of, of people who have passed on and your loved ones cannot be there. You couldn't even be there when they were sick. So that even has been taken away. The way we worship together has been taken away or is being taken away. And on and on and on it goes seemingly without no end to which aspect of our lives is being affected. Now, while this has been painting a grim picture, if we just stop and listen to ourselves, we find that there are things that are being given to us. It's just that the way we see them, the way we talk about them, don't seem like they are benefits right now. But I pray that God will open our eyes and begin to look at the opportunities he is giving to us during this time. We need to just stop and think about all that is happening for us to realize the things that God is giving us this time and ask the right questions. We find ourselves at a place in time where we have to rethink what is really important in life. Like, what does work mean to me? Do I find my significance in work? Now that I'll be locked up at home, what does work mean to me, even at home? Will I manage to work from home? And we have seen different kinds of scenarios where working from home is, is quite a challenge for most people who are used to commuting to go to a place of work called the office, which is not in the home. What does church really mean? We have had to ask this question. Does it mean going to meet in the large gatherings that we have? And it's not just church. There are those who have to ask the same question about the mosque, about the temples, and so on. What does it mean 
to be a Christian. Much as we know that gathering together is important, but at this time, when people's lives are at stake, we have to ask these questions and say, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a church? Is it the building or is it the meeting? And if it is the meeting, what kind of meeting? So we see a lot of things seemingly being taken away, but at the same time, I think we have been given the opportunity to ask questions for what matters the most, what is important. And the final question that I'm going to look at is, where is God in all this? While it is healthy to ask these questions, it is equally healthy that we get our answers from the right source. Otherwise, we can be depressed, live in fear and without hope, shaky at best, tossed to and fro like a butterfly in the wind. I want us to look at the word of God as we look at the last question. Where is God in all this? And it is a fair question. A question that people have asked almost every time we experience difficult circumstances that shake us to the core of who we really are. I recall clearly after the events of 9-1 in New York and other places back in 2001, the question did come up. Where is God in all this? Why didn't he protect us? Why did he leave us? Various wars that have been fought in my lifetime have also invited this question. The tsunami of 2004 that took over 3,000 lives in just two days also invited this question. And now with this global pandemic ravaging the planet, the question has come again. Where is God in all this? And just like the Jewish rabbi, we have to ask, well, where was God before all this? How did you and I relate with him back then, before all this? And there are two points that I want us to look at. Number one, it is your relationship with God. And number two, what God has said. The Bible tells us that God loves us. John chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This was before all this. God declared his love and put it into action and made the sacrifice that was required for you and I to get to know him. John 14 verse 6 tells us, but there's no other way for us to get to know God except through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, all the way to 11, it says, it says if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. So I want to submit to you that there is a God, our God, who did these things long ago. Where is that God now?
How do you and I relate with that God now? How are we relating with God in all this? Where is that God now? What is he saying in all these things that are happening now? How do you hear him in all this? What is he saying to us now? What should our priorities be? You see, just like there are so many radio and TV stations, and we can only connect to just one at a time, we need to have a connection to God and his word as a priority. The Bible talks about the children of Isaac who knew the times and what needed to be done. That is the challenge before us in all this. I'm not saying we should not listen to the health experts and all these things. We need to. But I think we'd better begin with what God is saying at this time. When there were plagues in the Bible, what did the people who knew God do? The one thing I know is that they always went to the Lord. Moses always went to the Lord as the plagues were happening in Egypt. David, even though the plague was of his own making, he went back to God to get it sorted. Uh, Abimelech, when he saw there was a plague, he got in touch with God to get it sorted. And I think that is where we all need to begin, on a personal level as well as at a group level. The second point is the promises of God in his word. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us this. In him, talking about Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And we continue to ask the question, if Jesus Christ gave us redemption through his blood, he gave us the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. For us just to be saved, for us to be forgiven of our sins, where is God now? Has that God who did that through Jesus Christ left us or he is with us turn with me again to second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 very popular verse second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 the bible says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new now Anyone, that is the condition, anyone who is in Christ, if you are not in Christ, you've missed it. You're not a new creation. You no longer belong to Christ. Because in verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The God who reconciled us to himself has not left us. Has he? Why would he go to all the trouble to make sure that we are connected to him through Jesus Christ and then leave us when things get hard? We turn again to 
first John chapter 5 the book of first John chapter 5 from verse 11 the Bible says and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of God does not have life these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. God has done everything he knew how to do to make sure that you and I are set in his presence, not just in this life, but even in the life to come. That is eternal life. So if you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life now. You're experiencing eternal life now or a glimpse of eternal life now. Perhaps through death, perhaps through the rapture, whichever comes first, we will pass on into eternity with God. I also want us to turn to the book of John, chapter 1. The book of John, in chapter 1. And I just want us to see. What I'm doing is to say, let us see what God has said in his word about himself and what he has done for us. John, chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God decided that everyone who believes in Christ Jesus will be given the power, will be given the right to become a child of God. So God is committed to you and I as a father to his children. Now, this is a heavenly father. Some of us have had fathers who have uh, images or we have experiences that are nowhere near what a father should be. But that shouldn't stop us. God is a heavenly father. God is our loving father. He said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us until the end of the age as we continue doing his will. He'll be with us. He'll never leave us. Those who come to Jesus Christ, he shall not in any way cast away. John 6 verse 37 tells us that word, and I'm going to read it. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. As far as Jesus Christ is concerned, everyone who comes to him, he does not cast away. It is not God who moves. It is you and I who moves. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's the promise of scripture in the book of James. So where is God in all this? I want to take you to the book of Matthew chapter 1. The book of Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to look at the promise that was given by God for everyone who believes in him. 
The angel Gabriel is talking to Mary. In chapter 1 of the book of Matthew, verse 21, he is telling her that God will bring forth a son. Rather, he's talking to Joseph. My apologies. God is talking to Joseph and he's talking to him about Mary, whom he wanted to marry, he was going to marry. And he says, you take her. And says, because she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son. And he shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. God continues here what he started in the Garden of Eden, wanting to be with his people. And this is something that he will continue in heaven when you look at Revelation chapter 21 and 22. It's the dwelling place of God with his people. God is the kind of God who, when we look at John chapter 3, that when the children of Israel were beaten by the snakes, what God did was he made the rod with a bronze snake on there. That everyone who looked upon that was saved. And Jesus explains, he says, just like that snake was put there on that rod, on that tree, for anyone, everyone to look upon them to be saved. He says, I will also be raised upon the tree. That everyone who makes a decision to look at Jesus Christ as the source of their salvation as the way out will be saved. God did not take away the snake. What God did was he took the effects of the disobedience and that, that we, we had before him and he nailed all that on Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ overcame death, anyone who goes to Jesus Christ is saved. Our God, instead of taking away the problems, he says, I am compassionate with you. I will be with you in the problems. You look to me during the problems, I will hold you through. I'll hold your hand. I will walk with you. Now, in Romans 8, from verse 31, the Apostle Paul gives us questions that we need to think about. All these things that Jesus has done for us, that he has died for our sins, that he was buried, that he died for our sins and he was buried, and that he rose up again. What does it all mean when it comes to the times when we're going through difficult times? Romans chapter 8 from verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, and we have proved that because God is with us, he is Emmanuel, who can be against us. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written? 
For your sake we face death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, the Lord God who made a way for us to relate with him as a father with his children through Jesus Christ is with us. Nothing shall separate us from his love ever. Let that sink in. Nothing shall separate us from his love. He is with us. He is with us. And I'll say it again. He is with us. Let us take advantage of the time that we have and, the str and strengthen our faith in him through the word of God, through our prayer, and through serving others in practical ways. We will overcome. Whatever comes our way, we will overcome. We are, after all, more than conquerors. The nature of those who are more than conquerors, though, is that they are consistent, they fight, and they don't give up. We will overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. So where is God in all this that is happening? I am persuaded to come to the conclusion that God is with us. As we go through the fire, we won't be burned because there's a fourth one that looked like the Son of God. As we walk through the waters, they will not overwhelm us. When hard trials come, they will not overwhelm us. Fear not. God is with us. And the God who is with us will never let go. He will never abandon us. He will never forsake us. And that is the promise of his word. May you be encouraged and strengthened with the reality of God's presence in your life through Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you that you are God who is always with us. You have never left us, nor will you leave us. We thank you that you provide for our every need. We thank you for the opportunity you have given us to serve others during these difficult days. Thank you for your leading and thank you for your love. Emmanuel, you are God with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his countenance shine upon your life. May he give you peace. May he give you strength. In Jesus' name, amen.